Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Scott. And I am Ben. You are you. We hope, as always, we are joined by our super producer, uh, Noel Kolchak, the Night Stalker Brown. Oh, wow. That's quite a nickname. It's, it's a mouthful. Yeah, it really is. Uh, man, what would I... In the Shadows. Noel yeah. In the Shadows Brown. Uh, Noel Trenchcoat Brown. Yeah, I mean, it seems like anything that I come up with here is, is going to make him sound like a serial killer. Yeah, like, Noel, the Noel Night Stalker. The Night Stalker Brown. Yeah, that's it. I was uh, going to say Night uh, Stalker. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. Uh, right. Noel Sherlock Brown. Uh, that's a better one. How about that? We'll, we'll stick with that for now. Noel the windowless van brown. Oh, we're right back to it. <laughs> yeah, that's back to uh, back to trouble. All right, so what we're talking about today, if you haven't already guessed maybe, is uh, and I don't know how you could have from that, but um, surveillance vehicles and maybe a few other gadgets along the way, but surveillance vehicles in general. And this was a listener suggestion. Mm-hmm. It came from a guy named uh, Jason G. And Jason wrote us on Facebook and he said, Hi, guys, I've been binge listening to your shows. It helps pass the time when I am on surveillance. So this is a private investigator here. He says that I love the topics you guys choose, and, and the chemistry between you two makes for a good show. Oh, well, what do you think of that? Well, that's very kind, Jason G. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're holding hands right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a different kind of chemistry, right? I'm just joking. All right, so um, he says, oh, wow. Ben, I, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm uh, going flush reading this. He says, uh, he says, almost as good as car talk. No way. Yeah, he says almost as good as car. And it, no of course, way. he says almost, and you know that's I, honest. That's but uh, I don't know if we're in that ballpark. I, I feel I still think that's too far. No, it's too yeah. sick, too secret for us to uh, to to touch that. But um, well, thank you, anyways. That's Why nice, are you buttering uh, us up, Jason? <laughs> what's what's the scoop? <laughs> exactly right. So he says he's a private investigator, and he thought it would be interesting to hear our take on surveillance vehicles and maybe uh, the history and the cool gadgetry and stuff like that. But. I'll tell you, there was a, um, oh, well, actually, you know, let me just start by saying this. We're, we're not going to tell Jason anything new, of course. He knows the, uh, the ins and outs of this already. Yeah. So this is for everybody else, really. Mm-hmm. And the problem that I had with this one, Jason, and I didn't expect this initially, is that when I started to look up information about, um, 
about new surveillance equipment, new vehicles that are out there, and they sell them. They sell turnkey versions of surveillance vehicles that you can buy that have, are just completely loaded with the latest tech right. gadgetry and the, the cool stuff, just like what you see in the movies, really. I mean, above and beyond. The problem is the companies that sell stuff like that don't put that type of thing on a website. They, you have to contact them. They have to right. verify who you are, why you need that type of thing. And, uh, and it's really a whole process that you have to go through. So I didn't expect that kind of stumbling block along the way. Um, and, and in fact, I can read to you one of the, uh, one of the notes on one of those companies homepage. It says, due to the sensitive nature of our covert surveillance equipment and in the interest of preserving our, our covert product integrity, we don't share specifics of such equipment on our website for the general public to see. Um, any local, state, or federal law enforcement personnel interested in learning about our covert surveillance equipment products can contact us for additional information. Yeah, notice that. That's from, uh, that's from a website, svci.us. SVCI Tactical makes surveillance vehicles and other surveillance products, as they say. But what I, I want everybody to notice is that they didn't say anyone is interested. They said any local, state, or federal uh, law enforcement personnel, so LEOs. Yeah, so even if we contacted them, they wouldn't uh, They wouldn't cough up the information on this one. And I'll tell you, the, the other stuff that they sell there, they sell surveillance gear, they sell tactical gear, and as I mentioned, a turnkey solution for, like, vehicle surveillance. Uh-huh. It's also a tactical retail store for SWAT teams. So like, you can buy true SWAT team gear, at this place, so that's the type of that's the level of uh, of um, um, equipment and security and and, and etc. that we're talking about here uh, for for this company. And and again, that was a bit of a, a bit of a stumbling block, but um, I, I did find a site that had some pretty good information, and I, I think I kind of want to talk about a little bit about what this guy was talking about on his site. Uh-huh. And I would guess that Jason has probably seen this or is aware of this. Uh, he probably could do his own site, you know, like like this guy does. There's a guy named um, Andrew, and I don't, I don't, I doubt that that's his real name. But Andrew is a private investigator who, during the day, you know, investigates, and in the evening, he says he blogs, and he's got this uh, this site that is called um, Private Investigator Advice or PI Advice mm-hmm. HQ. And so you can find it at privateinvestigatoradvicehq.com. He also has a podcast. Oh, he does. I, I haven't checked out yet, but it seems pretty interesting. So I'm going to give it a listen. I would love to listen to that. I, I, really, I really like this kind of thing. I, I think this is fascinating. And um, I hope our listeners feel the same about it, too. But uh, this guy, this Andrew guy, I mean, he knows the ins and outs of the business. He, he's you know, made mistakes along the way, and he informs people of those mistakes on the site. He's very humble about it and says, don't get caught this way. You know, here's... Here's yeah. what you can do. You know, this this will make it work. And um, it's kind of his uh, his experiences. All of his experiences are on the site and some really interesting articles. And we can only touch on a couple of them here today. Yeah. Uh, but there's some really interesting things, I think, that he comes across with here. Um, and just to give you an idea what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Um, one thing that we're going to cover is six things to consider when buying a surveillance car. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that was called, well, actually, there's just kind of a ranking and review of certain vehicles that he, is, he has used or has considered using. And I would say that we can term those reviews as tough but fair. Yeah, tough but fair, and uh, that's a good way to put it, I guess. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to dig into that too much, but I'll mention some of the vehicles and, and give you their general rank, I yeah. suppose, and how he found how they came up to that. And, and then another thing that I want to touch on is, and this is maybe the most interesting thing to me, a private investigator equipment list. And this is the top 20 things that you should have in your surveillance vehicle, and it's not 
it, it's not exactly what you would expect. I mean, there's a, a little bit of uh, variety in here, some things that uh, you just might not have thought of otherwise. Mm-hmm. And and I know that that's maybe not getting into, you know, like the whole history of surveillance and all that. But I think that, you know, we can just generally say that, for, you know, people have been watching what other people have, you know, or other people are doing covertly. Yeah, uh, espionage predates cars well, <laughs> by far. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it sounds kind of funny when I say it like that. I mean, but but that's when maybe it came into um, you know popular culture, maybe uh, you know right. movies and and fiction. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, you know, everywhere I've seen it, and I, I was thinking like you know some of the, the recent movies and things that I've been watching, or uh, like there's a series on HBO I think that's called Bored to Death, mm-hmm. and the guy uh, he's a, like an unlicensed he. He put it and I had it on Craigslist as an unlicensed private investigator, and he's taking jobs that way. But it's funny if you haven't seen it; it's a, it's a really good show. And also, uh, this the surveillance van shows up in a lot of comedies. Oh, nowadays. of course, yeah. I mean, think about like, um, well, think about like Starsky and Hutch. Remember when the movie uh-huh. Starsky and Hutch came out, and they put a wire on Snoop Dogg, I think, in that, uh, <laughs> and it was like this big thing from the 1970s, like a full microphone that was taped to him with duct tape. It was so apparent. Um, so there's there's some funny instances of this too. And one 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 other thing, when we're talking about surveillance vehicles, we are going to be skipping past some other intelligence uh, industry related vehicles. So we will not be talking about the president's limousine today. But you can check out our article on HowStuffWorks.com about it. You can also check out our earlier podcast on it. We we dug up some re- really cool stuff, but there are some things that we, the people, are simply not allowed to know about the head of state's limousine. Yeah. Oh, uh, but we can tell you that they carry his blood around in it. Crazy, huh? That's the weirdest thing to me. Yeah, I think that may be the weirdest thing, really. I mean, uh, you know, the, they've got a, uh, like a supply just in case. Yeah, and, just in uh, case uh, well, there's, a, there's a bunch of really cool things about the uh, the new presidential limo, and uh-huh. and that's just what we know, really. I mean, yeah, that's so, just what we the, know. The, the really cool stuff is probably what we don't know about it. Right, the All stuff right. they don't want you to so, know. So, yeah, there's a, there's just a million examples of this. And, like, think about commercials and things where, you know, there's the, uh, the family that has the new friends over for the cookout, and there's a van parked outside that says definitely not – or definitely a florist on the side, you know, and it's <laughs> right. got like a big antenna on top. I uh, mean, you know, the really apparent stuff. And this is what this guy, uh, this Andrew, is trying to um, kind of warn against. Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely like drilling it into people's heads that th- the thing that's most critical about this is that you blend in. You know, surveillance is all about blending into the environment and, and making yourself not stand out. So you want to do everything you can to be nondescript in every situation. So let's start with the things that one should consider when purchasing, listen to the way he phrases this, a vehicle for surveillance. Well, before we get to this, Scott, I just want to point out that the whole van trope, it seems to have come about because technology back in the day, wasn't as effectively miniaturized. So you needed a van. That's true. And now you don't. That's true. You almost need, you you know, a long time ago, you would need a large van to haul around the equipment, the monitoring equipment. Like and, a full-size you know, church van. I think this, maybe just before we jump into this, I think one thing that we probably should should mention here is that, you know, the the, um, the essential part, uh, the uh, the main focus of what a, a surveillance van really does is just it gathers the information. It's, it's simply a, um, a receiver. Um, it's receiving signals from whatever devices you've planted inside, you know, listening, video, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so it it really is just a, a way of gathering that information, recording that information, of course, holding, um, you know, 
security personnel or whoever has to be there with you, you know, somebody to monitor that whole thing. Right. Um, so it's really, it's, it's, there's not a whole lot to it. It's just a big receiver, really. Someone to listen for the code word. Yeah. Right. In some cases, that would be it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, send the SWAT team in or whatever we need it is. A code right? word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, a code word for when we're running long and they have to send somebody in to, uh, uh, to pull the mics away from and, us. And, <laughs> And Jonathan starts circling around waiting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's let's move back to our list, our yeah. six things to consider. Uh, maybe we can breeze through these sort of quick. How about sure. that? Sure. All right. So uh, first thing is, and this is, again, yeah, makes perfect sense, is the vehicle comfortable for you? And he says he can't stress enough the importance of being comfortable over the years because you're going to spend hours and hours and hours sitting in this vehicle, whether it's driving or just mm-hmm. sitting watching a house or a business or, you know, whatever it is. So um, the, the comfort level is really, really important. But there, he also gives a tip here. Don't go too far. Yeah, just make sure that comfort isn't the only factor that you consider because um, – you can get you can end up with a vehicle that is less than ideal for surveillance with uh you know using comfort as your main factor for choosing a vehicle so that's part of it mm-hmm. but not all of it this bright yellow escalade is just so comfortable <laughs> yes. right good point that gets us to number 2 though that is that is a salient point what color is the vehicle yeah and that's the thing you don't want any kind of flashy colors on the vehicle when you're conducting surveillance so he mentions and he calls them landscape colors like brown and tan and green i've heard those as like earth tones i suppose uh-huh. Uh, those he says they blend in nicely when on the freeway and, the, and when they're stationary, so when you're parked in a neighborhood. And he said silver works uh, pretty well too. I think part of that goes back to uh, his first insurance fraud, uh, his first insurance fraud vehicle. Yeah, it was a Civic, right? Right, 1998 yeah. silver Honda Civic. Yeah, and you know what? If that's the type of vehicle that blends in well, then that's what you use. I because there's so many Civics on yeah, the road. And so many silver vehicles. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, and it's just a, a relatively nondescript vehicle. And, oh, here's you know more to that, I guess, is that a tip, even no matter what vehicle you pick, you, you choose – Make sure you take all stickers and license plate frames and everything that you can off the vehicle. Anything that makes it identifiable, uh, you know, dents, paint, smudges, things like that. Anything that you can that removes the focus from your vehicle or that can help identify your vehicle compared to another one of the same type. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to look exactly like everything else around it. Otherwise, you know, someone's going to pick that out or notice that later in the day at another location. Has to look generic. Exactly. That's That's a... Perfect way to put it, Ben. It has to be a very generic vehicle. So number three on his list, mm-hmm. what vehicle size is appropriate? Now, this is important. You just mentioned the, uh, you know, the Escalade. Right. Uh, what you're looking at is a midsize SUV. So oh, that's if you choose an SUV. If you choose an SUV. Something that is not as so large as to be ostentatious, like an Escalade makes an impression. So you and, might not want that. And you might be able to pick that out in a crowd, you know, right. if, uh, if it shows up again at a second location in the day. Like, you know, it's, it's at the diner that you go to as well, or it's at the, it's parked in the garage next to where you park, or, you know, right. you, you might start to notice that vehicle a little more than you would just, you know, the, the, I guess run of the mill midsize SUV. So. But he also said the height is important because then it's easier for you to follow people. Yeah, that was a, a key factor in him picking that vehicle was that, um, you know, he, in his Civic, when he was in traffic, he couldn't follow people quite as well if they were, you know, one or two vehicles ahead because uh, he would lose track of them in traffic. And I, I can totally understand what he's talking about. Not important for, you know, me on my daily commute, but right. important for him uh, when he's trying to tail somebody. Um, all right, number four, how much tint do I need on my windows for surveillance? Now, this is a tricky one because you have local laws to consider. Right. Every state is different in the amount that they allow. I just have my windows tinted, I think, I think, 
uh, the amount allowed is like 32% or 35%. I can't mm-hmm. remember, but whatever I did, I kept it right within, uh, legal limits so that it was, uh, it was just under, I won't be pulled over for it. Um, now on that Honda Civic that he had, I think he said that he went window tint or limo tint rather on the back three windows. And that I believe is, is legal. And now he, on his new vehicle, he has gone limo tint on all windows except for the windshield, which I don't think is legal. I think you have to have a special permit to have it on the, the, passenger and driver's side front windows. Uh, but if you can't do, you know, and of course the reason for that, I mean, it's obvious that people can't see inside your vehicle when you're, you know, videotaping or, you know, taking notes or whatever you happen to be doing, taking photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a couple of alternatives to this as well. Um, he says technically you don't need tint. Right. You could use just anything that will obscure the view into the car. So what about tape and a thin foam padding? What about black construction paper? Yeah, I mean, it seems simple, doesn't it? I mean, you can buy a big roll of, uh, you know, butcher paper that is black or, or dark in some way. I guess it would have to be black. And uh, just simply tape that in place over the windows. Now, that seems to me like that would draw a little more attention. Uh, but I guess you probably wouldn't give it a second thought if you walked by. You wouldn't even really think to, to look twice at that, really, if you were, unless you were really looking at that vehicle trying to find something unique about it. So it's a smart way to do it, and all it does is just simply block the light coming in and, and prevent people from really seeing what you're doing. And you can also put up a front window shade, you know, like the um, uh, the type that you use for heat deflection. You know, right, the, when the, you're parked. Yeah, the silver yeah. ones. You can uh-huh. put that up in place, and then if you have all of your windows tinted, no lights get into the vehicle, no one's going to see in there. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great way to do it. And he said he's done this on rental cars before. Yeah. You know, when, he, when he flies to a job, has to rent a car, of course, you're not going to go have the windows tinted. Uh, so these are these are a couple of simple solutions, like the construction paper or, you know, foam padding from a fabric store. Um, you know, all that stuff that can be just kind of temporarily put in place and, and make it your own surveillance vehicle. The fifth thing he says that we need to consider would be, oddly enough, gas mileage. Mm-hmm. Yep, gas mileage. Now, you wouldn't really think that this is a big deal, but the problem is it adds, if you're a private investigator, you're in business right. for yourself, and if you're not able to pass this price along to your customer, you know, your, your client, um, you know, because you're trying to be competitive in the, in the, the, uh, the market, you know, because other places, a bigger company might not do that. They might not pass on the fuel costs, but a smaller company would have to do something like that. So you, you want to look for the most fuel-efficient vehicle you can uh, that also meets whatever other needs you, you have. Um, next thing and the last thing on this list. Yeah, this is a big one. Yeah, new or used. Do you choose a new vehicle or do you just pick up a used vehicle? Do you use the one you've already got? I mean, it sounds like you would have to go out and buy a used vehicle because you want something very specific for surveillance, of course. Well, let's talk about some of the pros. Okay. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. A new vehicle, depending on what type of vehicle it is, like a new Honda Civic, is not really going to stand out if it's the right color because there aren't any um, strange marks on it, no dents, no uh, no paint the, scrapes. Yeah, the, the problem, though, there's a – and I have a counter for all this stuff and, of course, for used as well. But um, the problem is if you get a brand-new vehicle and then you park it in, let's say, an area that a lot of people don't drive new vehicles, then that stands out. Yeah. So you've got to, and there's never going to be a perfect solution to all there's this. There's no, no silver bullet surveillance car. Yeah, exactly. But, but another thing, Scott, would be that, uh, you know, the vehicle itself is probably going to function just fine. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, the, the transmission giving out on you while you're, you're tailing somebody or you don't have to worry about, um, you know, the turn signal going out and you getting pulled over by the police, you know, mm-hmm. as you're following somebody or something, just something simple like that. But. It is going to depreciate so quickly. Yeah, because they do put a lot of miles on these cars. They idle a lot. Um, so if there's an hour counter on the engine, which a lot of cars have, or trucks mostly have, uh, but um, a lot of cars do too. Uh, so they, they'll know that there's a lot of wear and tear on that vehicle. And, of course, you know, you're going to be in that car eating and all kinds of things. So, um, and Yeah, can I say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to roll over you here. but I'm talking too much already, Ben. <laughs> I think you're beating yourself up on that one, Scott. But there have been, um, in, in reading this, uh, this guy's advice and his observations, there have been times where I'm getting the feeling that, uh, the economy is getting tougher for private investigators, mm-hmm. right? He's mentioned before, uh, that the, the trend is to work longer hours for less pay. Yeah. He's also mentioned, you know, mileage is important. And here he mentions, one of the big downsides of a new vehicle will be a car payment, of course. Right, right. The yes. bane of so many people. Well, yeah. And I mean, unless you're, uh, again, unless there's a, a big 
um, a, a big, bigger company, I guess, that is paying for that vehicle for you to drive, which would be great. Um, I, I don't think that's the case with the, with a lot of these guys is that they're in business for themselves. Um, you're going to have a big payment to make. And of course, you're going to be worried about, um, you know, damaging that brand new insurance will be vehicle. higher. Well, yeah, exactly. You're going to be worried about damaging that new vehicle because that'll make it stand out too. Um, you know, any blemishes on a new vehicle or whatever. It's just, there's, there's so many back and forths about, you know, what's, what's best. Is it new or used? And used, I guess, um, he says he thinks that most people do go the used route in this case. Yeah. And he says the problem with that is, though, that they have a, a better chance of having, you know, like, small dents that are identifiable or, you know, paint smudges or, you know, a flaw or in, imperfection in some way uh, that will make them stand out or make them noticeable. And the other thing, and this is so – this is really smart and something that you might not really think about. Don't buy any kind of vehicle, if you're going to do this, that looks anything at all remotely like a police cruiser. Oh, yeah. So doesn't that make perfect sense? I mean, why would you buy anything that looks like a cop car? Because people are going to kind of – your eye is drawn to that no matter what. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you are under the suspicion that you're being followed and you look out and you see uh, what looks like an old Crown Vic that was a cop car at some uh, point. With, with all, a spotlight attached <laughs> still. Yeah. Yeah, with all blacked out windows. You know, what are you going to think? Of course, you're going to think that maybe that car, and then you're going to notice that as well, and then maybe you'll see it, you know, down the road somewhere as well, or someone following you. you know, that's why three uh, cars back. Yeah, that's why Scott Noel and I uh, endorse and strongly recommend you consider dirigibles for your surveillance needs. <laughs> you know what? You you laugh about this, but I wonder how much drones play into this now. I wonder if uh, oh, if, that, yeah. if drone surveillance is a big thing. Um, you know, if it, it seems like that could be easily spotted, and you don't have as much control over that. But you know, it's weird, man, how ubiquitous drones are becoming. And I'm glad that we're getting to this part because uh, there, I've learned a lot about them in the past uh, few days, particularly because I was shooting a comedy thing outside of work, and. One of they had a drone guy on the crew. This guy showed up. I, I think he actually did drive around Victoria too, and he took out his drone. It was a quadcopter drone, and it was strange to see it in action. But they're really common in film now. People use drones to get shots that would have cost you know hundreds or thousands of dollars in the past. Oh, sure, to, like to overhead a, aerial shots. Yeah, stuff. instead of the it replaces the big jib arm, right? I mean, right. The, the huge things that, you know, are, are used to get that really cool shot. You see it, you know, kind of working its way over the crowd sometimes in yeah. big, uh, big theaters or, uh, you know, at sporting events on the sidelines. But now, um, you know, they're flying cameras on wires and they've got uh, these drones like you're talking about. I'd love to see the drone footage that you guys had because I bet it's really, really cool looking. I... I I'm fascinated with drone footage, and it's it's interesting. This is the first I've heard that you were around that all week. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I, w- I was around that for um, for one day, and I was doing research on some other drone-related stuff for uh, a couple of different shows. Mm-hmm. A, little, a little bit different from this, but I wholeheartedly believe that drones are going to be big for private investigators as well as for LEOs. And this kind of ties into you know the uh, the use of covert audio recording, and uh, mainly video recording. I mean, the size of the cameras. But I'd like to get back to the dirigibles. You can stay on task. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, side note. Zeppelin flying side overhead. Note, I, was thinking of, uh, I was thinking of this while we were doing research for this topic. Have you ever seen that show, The Americans? The, no, I have not. Oh, man. Oh, it's the business. I guess if, I'm missing if, out. If you're interested in tales of spycraft and intrigue and espionage, 
then you will enjoy the Americans. It's a story about uh, this, a couple of deep cover Russian spies who are living in the U.S. They have kids and the kids don't know they're spies and they have a travel agency, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the mom's a homemaker, I think, if I'm recalling correctly. Or no, I think they both work at the travel agency, but it covers the different tactics that uh, Russian spies use during the Cold War to get secrets or to compromise individuals and use them for leverage. And so it has, it has a lot of uh, surveillance um, surveillance technique shown in that show. But older, right? You're saying it was during the Cold War. So yeah, it's, it's uh, uh, decades old, but it's but a modern still. show that's showing decades old surveillance. Techniques. Yeah, and it's, I, I still find that fascinating. Even though it's not the the most cutting edge or whatever, I still love to see that. Stuff. I wonder it's if people are allowed to show the actual most cutting edge. Oh, you know what I mean? Probably that's, not. I mean, that's yeah. that's another one of those things that you know, like like uh, you know, trying to look up information about these vehicles. You can't you can't really do it. You almost have to know somebody that invites you in and says, "Here's how we do it now." Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the uh, the. the um, arena that we're working in here and you know he does a he does another couple of interesting things and i again i said that you know we're going to talk about some of the ranking of these vehicles yeah. and some of the um the good the bad and the ugly yeah i mean and i i definitely don't want to go through this whole list it would take a long long time and we don't want to do that but he does have a ranking review thing and an article rather and uh, it's called surveillance vehicles for private investigators the good the bad and the ugly and it's a review of uh, about eight or nine vehicles here and they're ranked in um Eight points, eight, eight, eight criteria. Uh-huh. It's mobility, uh, whether it's a common vehicle, the blending value, whether it blends into most neighborhoods, and, and um, visibility of the vehicle. Of, I'm sorry, visibility over vehicles. So you know the height of the vehicle, gas mileage, longevity, if it's comfortable or not, and the conditions. Now the conditions mean like off-road areas or areas with snow or something like that. You know if it's kind of an all-terrain. Uh, vehicle and they're they're yeah. ranked. Uh, you know, I think it, it gives them a, like a one through ten score, and then he averages all that together to give it an overall rank number. And the type of vehicles that he talks about, and again, we're not going to go through all this. And, and we said there's no perfect vehicle, right? You know, there's there's no perfect surveillance vehicle. Each one kind of has its own you know, item of value, I guess. It it has its own um, perfect perfect um, situation. And the first one that he mentions here is a Dodge Neon or like the Honda, others that fall into this. Civic, Corolla, Focus. Yeah, so that type of vehicle. And the overall rank on that one is a 7.9, and that's a good score. Yeah. And then just going on, like we'll quickly go through these. The GMC Savannah, which is a full-size van, only gets a 7.1 score. And that may be because of things like the blending value or the, you know, it's a common vehicle. And the gas mileage. Mobility. You know, it's a little yeah. bit lower on something like that. So uh, it gets a little bit lower score of uh, 7.1, which is average. And then moving on to the Ford Escape. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm excited about this yeah, one. Yeah, the midsize SUVs. And you've got a Ford Escape. I'm a little upset about the ranking. The ranking? 7.6. It's good, but it's not, it's not great. That's a good ranking. The only thing that really hurt this one, I think, is the longevity. Um, cause over, uh, talking over 200,000 miles though. And right. the other thing is the gas mileage. And I, I would guess, I mean, that's probably not the hybrid version that you've got. So you might have yourself a, uh, a better than average spy vehicle or Thanks. surveillance vehicle. Thanks, Scott. I'm yeah. going to tent those windows out. It's <laughs> great. I, I know what, I? I know what kind of vehicle you drive, by the way. You can't yeah, surveil yeah, well, me. I'm not, I, I'm not going to surveil you, man, but help me find, uh, help me find a mark. Uh, an, an target. Interesting mark. Yeah. You yeah. have to find somebody. All right. Uh, what about a Chevy? 
suburban or full-size SUVs of that kind, like an Expedition or a Titan. They rank higher than the mid-size SUV, which yeah, is interesting. I, yeah, I found that interesting too, but that's just got to be mainly because of comfort and I would guess, um, you know, the visibility over other vehicles because you're going to be able to see a lot from those. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's an important thing. Um, I and guess I, conditions. I think there could be a bigger discount for the blending value. You think yeah. so? Yeah, just because depending on where you're at, a large, a full-size SUV as well as a full-size van are noticeable on the road. Yeah, that's strange. I mean, I think the van is just marked because more people tend to drive SUVs now. Yeah. Uh, if we're talking 15 years ago, maybe, the vans might have been a better choice. Yeah, maybe you're right. Possibly. Uh, but then we get into the minivans, like the Toyota Sienna or the oh, the Odyssey, Ben. Yeah. The Honda yeah, Odyssey, yeah, the yeah, Sedona. Yeah, I saw it. The Chevrolet Upland, <laughs> Uplander. They actually get a very good mark. He likes using minivans. They get an 8.3 overall score. And I think uh, there's I, a lot I, of... I think that might be the highest. Yeah, it might be the highest. I, th- I think that is the highest of these. And then there's the full-size pickups, uh, which get kind of low. It's a 6.7 or average mark. And the only place that he points out that these may really blend in well is, of course, a, a rural environment. Right. So if you're uh, staking out somebody that lives on a farm or a ranch or something like that, you may be able to blend in in that town area a little better. Um, the rest of the stuff, it gets pretty low marks on things like mileage and maneuverability and all that stuff. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a very specific case. Then, then we move on to a couple here that we'll just quickly go through, but sure. a very good one, one that gets an 8.1, so that's close to the, the other one. Um, full-size sedans or coupes. Yeah. And these get high marks because they're comfortable. Uh, you can still see over things because you're sort of high. Not, they're not, common it's as not well. Like a, not like a compact car where you're down very, very low. Right. Yeah, common is another thing. That's a good point. Um, it's just a, there's a lot of good things about those full-size sedans. And then the last one, one that you should never use, apparently, high-end vehicles. Now, it may be right. tempting to uh, you know get a Jaguar or BMW or Mercedes, but you got to remember that it's not going to a Maserati. It's just not going to be a Maserati <laughs> surveillance vehicle. Now you just have to remember that you're not going to um, blend in very well in those vehicles in every situation. Now, granted, there are going to be times when something like that will blend in very well, but it's not all that common. So I, I think he's telling you to mainly stay away from that. It's just use good common sense when you're picking a vehicle. All right. I think we're nearing the end here, and we can do this really quickly if you like. I don't know how much time we've got left, but um, this list is maybe the most interesting list, in, in my opinion. All right. And this is the 20 things that you should have in your surveillance vehicle at all times. Mm-hmm. This is really cool um, because it took a different direction than I thought it would. It wasn't all about you know tiny cameras and listening devices right, right, and receivers right, right. and all that. It wasn't like the, the high-tech spy gear that you think it is. These are just good common-sense items to keep in the car. And a lot of these fall under the same umbrella as a um, as the kits that we talk about that, that people should have in their vehicle, like extra food uh-huh. and stuff like that. You'll, you'll see that along the way. So the first thing is GPS. You need to have GPS in the vehicle, you know, like a, an add-on system if you don't have it already built in, something that's reliable. And there's some really smart reasons for having this is that you can – Map out your route prior to the surveillance so you know how to get there and back home, of course. Yeah. And But ahead of time, you should be doing like a preliminary investigation of the area using a Google Google Earth service uh, so that you know the terrain all around that place, so you know exactly what's happening there. Mm-hmm. The next thing is uh, – these are advantages of GPS, by the way. Um, if you're following somebody, you can see what streets are coming up, and it helps you avoid any kind of dead-end streets. So if they pull down a dead-end, you can continue on knowing that mm-hmm. I can just – Pull down, you know, go down a block, turn around, and come back, and wait for them to exit that that dead end area. Very, very smart. That's a that's a critical thing, I think. And the last thing here is that he can, you know, if he's canvassing uh, 
um, a town, he can find stores and restaurants, restaurants and all yeah. that kind of stuff that's really important for him to know as well. So um, I thought that was really smart. The, the, next ne- thing, the next one's pretty obvious. Yeah, the next one is a DC to AC power inverter, and this is smart because you know you're going to have a laptop with you, you're going to have right. cameras and equipment that you need to charge. Electronic. Devices, yeah, it's just smart yeah. to have one and get a good one. Make sure you make sure you get a good one. And of course, you know the tips of you know if you're going to charge something big, make sure that the vehicle's running when you do it. Um, if you're going to charge something small, it's not necessarily important to do that. Um, the next thing is binoculars. Yeah. You don't want to have a good set of binoculars, but he does say that you don't have to get some giant pair of binoculars that makes you look like you're going birding somewhere. Uh, yeah. You only need a small pair because you're likely going to be close enough that you're going to be able to see what's happening anyway. So they, um, This uh, this source, this is uh, Pursuit Mag. They uh, recommend uh, Bushnell binoculars oh just specific, for, for just quality compact yeah yeah and you know that's the thing is that he's he makes a lot of sensible uh choices here he's saying you don't have to get the biggest and best of everything it's just right. you just need certain things and these are these are what you have to have the next thing is a battery jump starter or uh inverter and compressor yeah the, this one he said more times than i would like to admit i've had to you know get a tow truck or, you know, have somebody come out and jumpstart my car or whatever. This is important because, you know, you may need to start your vehicle after you've been running a lot of equipment inside it and you drain the battery inadvertently and you got to leave right away. Uh, that's really important. And he says, also, it can get you out of a lot of, a lot of bad situations. You know, just the compressor. If you have a flat tire, um, you're not going to be able to, you know, get out and, and change that tire without drawing a lot of attention to yourself. But you might be able to hop out and quickly inflate it. It's right. good for everybody to have one of those, even if you're not PI. I mean, but it makes sense. So if you're a PI, you can't carry jumper cables because that would attract attention when you're like, yeah, hi, uh, I know this is weird, but, uh, could you jump my car and do so in an inconspicuous way? I don't <laughs> yeah. want that guy over here to see us. Yeah. That, uh, that's something that surely draws way too much attention to you. So you can't do, do stuff like that. If you don't have a um, compressor. How about a can of fix-a-flat? Yeah, exactly right. A can of fix-a-flat is something that says it, it's not the best, but it'll get you out of a jam in, mm-hmm. in that kind of situation, and I can understand why that's important. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either looking to step up your mother's day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers pots and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios walkways and gardens with the home depot's mother's day savings event happening now get vigoro potting soil just $8.97 for strong healthy vibrant plants indoors and outside start your mother's day shopping and saving today by checking out the home depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly Directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. (laughs) 
I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The next thing is a a monopod, which is a a single-leg stick like a camera mount right and the uh the idea behind this is that if you are you know either videotaping or taking stills or whatever you want to have something that you can steady your camera on and this is a kind of interesting he says i still remember the times when i never used a monopod and i thought my documentation was steady until i went to a court case and watched the video with the judge <laughs> and the attorney present and what i thought was a really steady shot was actually pretty shaky on a large television he said that I was embarrassed and disappointed and couldn't wait for the video to be over because he was he was saying like you know at a long distance you, I think we all know that like long distance uh, you're a bit shakier even though you think yeah. you're steady so a monopod is uh, is a good idea but what's better than a monopod Scott a tripod of course and if you have a tripod that's something you should always keep but that's for long term surveillance of somebody like you can set that up and let it go for a while um, pretty smart move on his part and the other thing would be a video camera oh I guess a, a backup video camera. A charger and then a backup battery as well, because all this stuff breaks down at the worst time, right? And right. the batteries discharge, and you don't have a backup. You've got to have a backup. You got to have a charger. You got to have all that in place. And going along with that would be memory cards and tapes. You know, anything to store um, all of the documentation that you're taking. You know, whether it's video stills or whatever. But it's just more a peace of mind thing that you know that you're not going to run out of space when you're trying to get, you know, a critical piece of video or whatever that happens to be. So let's group these next ones together. So yeah. backup or secondary video camera, always nice to have in case your primary camera breaks or stops working. Uh, so this uh, this author recommends a mini DV camera as his emergency camera. That's just because he hasn't purchased the digital one yet. So this might be an older camera that you already have. Mm-hmm. But he also says his next thing on his list is, another covert camera you need more than one yeah that's, so that's interesting that you you don't want to carry just one covert camera we're talking about things that are built into pens or built into key fobs or built into yeah. um you know i guess maybe a teddy bear you know whatever <laughs> whatever that <laughs> would be usually it's something that you would have on you that you're trying to record somebody so you know something that is uh completely like a, a flower on your lapel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something completely out of sight. Like, I think they have them in, in ball caps. They have them in glasses and yeah. things like that. So that's what he's talking about. But don't rely on just one, he said, because they're a lot more finicky than a standard camera is. That's something I didn't really think about is that these these really tiny cameras, they, they tend to break down a lot more than just a big standard camera is that's a little more heavy duty. Also recommends toilet paper. <laughs> uh, don't need to elaborate. Also recommends uh, cash, which I think I think is an important thing. His primary um his primary pro for paying with cash is that you don't have to wait for someone to bring back a debit card or a credit card and it helps when you're at a parking meter but one thing we gotta have change for that right but yeah you gotta have change but one one thing that 
sticks with me about it is not having any kind of paper trail when you use cash. I think that's more of an that's an advantage as well. It's a very good point. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's concerned about the paper trail though. Like well, somebody would be watching him. Right. So that's the thing. But yeah. but the uh, the idea of just a, a speed of transaction I think is smart because if you're yeah. in a, you're following somebody into a bar, they buy a drink, you have to stand at the other end of the bar and buy a drink. You can't hand them a credit card and expect to get out of there at the same right. time and follow them. So you slap down a $5 bill and walk out as well. That's smart. Very smart. Uh, the next thing would be an overnight bag with a change of clothes. And that is for a couple of reasons because you might end up working longer than you thought or tailing somebody, you know, into another town. Right. Um, or this is the other thing is that you can use that to change clothes during the day. And that way the person might not recognize you. Um, mm-hmm. Again, probably wearing clothes that are, again, nondescript. That's important. Additional food and water. This is one that I mentioned before, you know, like with our our, our kits, I guess, you know, that we talk about. Yeah. Um. Again, this is a situation where, you know, you usually pack a lunch for the day if you're going to be out all day, you know, of course. But, you know, there may be a time where you think you're going to work eight hours and you end up working 15 and you don't have time to get a proper meal. And this kind of tides you over until that uh, until that happens. And you can't be sleepy. You can't be, uh, you know, uh, dehydrated, you, all that stuff. You have to be in, in um, relatively good shape to be able to, uh, to stay awake and, and monitor what's happening. Just don't know when it might pop off. Exactly. Now, I mean, you don't want it to, of course. Yeah. But – Speaking of that, you have to also have a toiletry facility. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll just say it. All right, he says it's a pee bottle, or if uh, if you're a female surveillance uh, uh, PI, rather, uh, you're going to need something like a portable camping toilet. Which means, which is going to affect how much room you have in your vehicle and the kind of vehicle you have. Yeah, right? because he mentions a female investigator that drove a uh, an SUV, right? A full Or no, full-size van. And says that she wouldn't even think of getting a different type of vehicle because she wanted the privacy of being able to go in that portable camping toilet inside the van and not have to get out and use that type of thing. And that's, I can understand that completely. I get it. But for, uh, for a male investigator, I mean, I guess a, uh, a large bottle is good enough. And, you know, that sounds awful, but that's what has to happen because you can't, can't leave your post. Other stuff, a flashlight, obviously, yep. a tool set. Those two things are further examples of stuff you should have just as a car owner. Yeah, you should have that stuff anyways. You're right. And kind of an emergency kit, right? Mm-hmm. So we've talked about that at length. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing would be window shades. And I think that he's talking about the front window here. Yeah. Um, but but then again, it could be side windows if you're trying to really block all the light from coming in. If you don't have tinted windows, if you have tinted windows that aren't very strong, like limo tint like he has, yeah. um, those window shades would be critical. So uh, we've already talked about those. And then the last thing here that he mentions, and I think this is some, maybe one of the best bits of advice, is that use your imagination. If you're going to be following somebody that uh, – that may stop at the lake and go fishing for an hour. Have a fishing rod. Uh, yeah, exactly. And you can, you know, you can park your car and walk out and fish right next to that guy, and he'll never know. I mean, that's a thing. Or you have um, a folding chair, like you would watch a sporting event. And, you know, uh, put it out in the park somewhere. This makes me so paranoid. Yeah, man. Oh, I know because it could be anybody, right? Or you have, um, you know, a soccer ball that you can kick around out on the field if you need to. Mm-hmm. Or um, just to, there's all kinds of things. You got to use your imagination and and try to think of every situation that you may be in that day. With that particular client, you have to, again, that's all part of the investigation. But mm-hmm. some of these things, Ben, are so smart and so subtle mm-hmm. that you would never know that somebody next to you is a, is a private investigator tailing somebody. And I'll tell you something else, man. I always knew that PIs put in a lot of hard work, but I was surprised that they are not getting paid more. I think I overestimated how much a uh, private investigator is paid, and it's it, – 
it's a cry and shame because that's a lot of work and it could be dangerous. It could be in some situations. I think, uh, you know, for most situations, it's probably fine. But yeah, um, man, think about this. If you're tailing a, uh, a spouse that's cheating or if you are trying to get somebody that, uh, you know, let's say they're on a disability at work or something, but uh-huh. they're they're We see these on the news sometimes, you know, they're they're suddenly they've got a broken back or, you know, a problem back rather. Right. And then they're 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 shingling their own roof on the weekend. Uh-huh. Or they're playing golf or something like that. We see that on those investigative reports all the time. They're on long-term disability. I mean, and those people have a, a reason, a uh, I guess a um, a purpose behind you know wanting to keep those cameras away from them because right. they want to remain on that disability. They don't want this person who is uh, you know not necessarily showing up with a camera in their face, but mm-hmm. you know covertly uh, recording what they're doing. And they know what the end result of that will be. They'll be removed from that, and they're going to end. Uh, you know, it's going to change their way of life. Mm-hmm. So I, I get both sides of that, that they're angry, and I, we, I think we all know who's right in that situation. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised that they don't make more money, too, because they are placing themselves in harm's way a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but, and the expenses for the PI already, or the overhead is pretty high. Yeah, and that it just seems to be a theme. When I was reading through this guy's site, uh, that was a theme throughout, is that, you know, Pricing and you know it's already already times are tight. We're uh, you know cinching our belt up a little bit. You know, uh-huh. so I mean it's clearly not you know an extremely lucrative business. I mean maybe it could be if you owned a business that did this and you were you know sending PIs out into the field maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know about uh, you know individuals. I, I I'd love to hear um, maybe national average of what they make if that's even reported anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and I I wonder also what what drives people to join that industry. Well, see, you know what, though? I'm interested in what they make because this is fascinating to me. I, I would love to do something I like could this. see you being a PI, Scott. I would. You know, one time, long, long, long time ago, my dad was doing some investigative reporting for a television station in, uh, in Detroit. Uh-huh. And he actually asked me to sit outside of a neighborhood in my car in a parking lot and watch and just all I had to do is mark down the times when a certain person came and went. And it was all, I believe it was part of a gambling ring or something that was going on, like an illegal gambling ring. Yeah. But I knew the type of vehicle. I knew what the guy looked like and all that. And I had like a, it, was, it felt kind of cool because I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. I had a car that definitely stood out. That wasn't, that was a problem, but um, I, I parked where they couldn't see me. So it was like a one day PI job. I was not licensed or anything like that, of course. It was just kind of watching and, and reporting back what happened, but never any kind of interaction with anybody. I was never in danger or anything like that, I don't think. Um, I doubt they would have liked me watching them, but it was really just me sitting in my car waiting for a, a truck to leave their driveway. And that was it. And as I recall, nothing happened that day. The person stayed in all day long. I didn't get to do anything. I think it'd be really handy to have a surveillance vehicle just that is yours, yeah. you know, and I think also the skills you pick up in the course of that kind of profession are probably are probably invaluable, but wouldn't it also change the way you look at people? You know, Ben, I, I, it would. It, it really would. I, th- I think uh, you'd be a little bit more suspicious of a lot of people. And also you would, you would be maybe a little bit more um, observant of, of their behaviors and what they're doing, and you'd kind of make note of that different in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, like when you watch somebody. But I, you mentioned uh, that you think that I would like to do this, but I, w- when we started talking about this, I thought this would be something that is – Right in your wheelhouse. I would think that you oh, would yeah. love to do this. Uh, I would, I would love to have the, I would love to have the stuff, man. But as far as investigating, I think it would depend on what I was investigating. Yeah. You know, like I have no problem investigating false reports of, um, illness or insurance fraud. Yeah. 
getting involved in someone's personal life, though, I, you know. That's exactly what I was going to say would be the biggest downside of this, would be having to break it to a spouse that their other spouse, you know, someone else is cheating on them. Right. Or, uh, you know, I guess on the other side, it could be the good news, you know, that no, they're not. Uh, that would be the, the plus. But then again, you're hired for some reason. I wonder if it's ever, it surely has had to happen at some point. But do you think, what do you think the odds are that there would be a couple who uh, each each member of the relationship hires a PI? I bet it's happened. I bet it has because it does the suspicion and uh, and then... Yeah, and then the PIs notice each other, maybe? Yeah, yeah, now we're writing a story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? So, yeah, we, this, is a, this is a fun one to dig into, and I I'm, I wish we could have done more with the, the newest, latest, cutting-edge type stuff, but it just it's not really possible unless you're part of law enforcement or, as, uh, as Jason is, uh, you know, in that world already. I mean, he mm-hmm. might be able to have, you know, some kind of pull with his license, you know, the PI license that he has. Um, to be able to get some information, but uh, it, it's definitely a fascinating world, and I, I like thinking about all the possibilities, you know, all the uh, the what ifs mm-hmm. of this whole thing. It's it's just fun. Yeah, I I agree. There is some. I I want to do more stuff like this. Wouldn't it be cool to have a ride along with a PI? Oh yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I'd I'd love to do a stakeout sometime. Yeah. Well, while we're off to plan our stakeout, uh, we would like to hear from you. Do you have any experience as a private investigator? Do you know anyone who has? We'd love to hear your stories if you can tell them legally. Well, anything better than my one-day experience where nothing at all happened. That's so cool, though. Yeah, it was cool. That's but part was, of the business. I, I guess so. It was just I just wish something had happened that day. Like I just <laughs> wish he had gone to even the grocery store or something. I could I could I could follow him there and like I'd have my little recorder and I could record that and the times and but I had to come back and say like nope, didn't leave the house all day. I know, I know ideally what you wanted was for the guy to run out with like a handful of dice. Throw them along the ground, get in a knife fight, <laughs> yeah. and then like staunch his wound with money, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, what, what an imagination! That's great. That's why you're in theater. Oh man! Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're going to head out for today. If you have an interest in hearing some more true crime related podcasts by Car Stuff, you can find every podcast we've ever done on our website. CarStuffShow.com. Scott, what would you recommend if, if someone who is interested who is interested in the PI podcast wants to hear more crime stuff? Oh my gosh, uh, maybe that train was it the train load of Bugattis? Maybe that was oh a good yeah one. yeah yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's see, there's a little bit of uh, an element at the end there that was interesting. Uh, what um, man? There were some others. There was some one that was really we, twisted stories. Right, U-Haul was that way, but I don't know if that's really true crime. Yeah. Uh, how about the well, maybe the Dale hobos? Car? Yeah, Dale Car. Uh, yeah. Train hopping is an interesting one. The modern day hobos. The car is definitely a, uh, a, quite a story. Oh, what a twisted web that was. Yeah. yeah. And if you have suggestions for some more crime related auto stories you would like us to cover, we would love to hear them. You can uh, write to us directly on Facebook and Twitter where we are car stuff HSW. Feel free to follow and subscribe on those because. Yeah, it gets us a pat on the back at the uh, Monday meeting. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese thing. If we save up enough, I think we can exchange our tickets. Yeah, it, for something crappy below the uh, the, the glass shelf. There, uh-huh, right? yeah. yeah, why do we even have that yeah. shelf? <laughs> <laughs> but if uh, if you would like to take a uh, page from your fellow listener's book and write to us directly, we'd love to hear from you. All of our best ideas come from you, ladies and gentlemen. So let us know what we should cover next. Our email is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. 
For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 